the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges of today's church with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and your concerns. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts and minds of our society. It is a cultural war. Tonight, we bring you part two in our series talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction away from God and our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective. So stay tuned for the answer to this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that challenging introduction. Uh, we thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to get uh, challenged and blessed today, uh, and we pray that the Lord will convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and lead you to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world in Jesus Christ. Uh, we have started this new series, and what a series it has been. Uh, we are uh, subtitled this, and uh, not woke up, but awaken up. Not woke up, but awaken up. Now, I want to kind of say something else that rhymes uh, along with this. Uh, being woke can make you broke. Being woke can make you broke uh, if you are not awakened in Christ. Now, uh, the big question is, are you woke or awakened? And that's the real big issue. You're either one or the other, hopefully uh, the latter. Again, our current culture, this is by way of introduction, 
Our current culture uses the word woke a lot, even to the point of a religion. It has become a religion. Make a note of that. The word woke has become a religion. People are following that, believing in that, uh, to the point of it's like a god in the hearts and minds of many people. And even sad to say, even people in churches. Now, the Bible uses the word awake. And uh, we talked about that last uh, Saturday from Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And it says in Romans 13, verse 11, and that knowing the time, and now it is high time to awake. There's your word, awake out of sleep. And I said this last time, a lot of people are sleeping with complacency, sleeping in sin, sleeping in ignorance, sleeping in uh, disobedience. And it says it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Now, the word knowing is mentioned one time in this verse of Scripture, because God wants you to know. And then he wants you to know what? The word time is mentioned two times in Romans 13 and 11. If he mentions knowing and the word time is mentioned two times, you better get with knowing and knowing that the times is right before us. Time to do what? Now. Now, the word now in this verse of Scripture, if you look at it carefully, it's mentioned two times. Now, the word salvation is mentioned one time. And that's a key thing because salvation, there's only one way, only one way to Christ, only one way through Christ. And that's why Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And then Acts 4 and 12 talks about <clears throat> neither is a salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one way, one salvation, not many salvations, not many Jesuses, but only one way, you know. Now, there are in my body, in my message, there are 10 current and cultural things in our world today, and even in some churches that have nothing to do with God nor the Word of God. I emphasize that. Nothing to do with uh, God or the Word of God. Question, what are those 10 current and cultural issues that has influenced us away from God, His Word, and each other? Well, I said last week, last Saturday, number one is postmodern relativism. Postmodern relativism. What is that? Postmodernism doesn't believe in a divine absolute. What is relativism? Relativism tends to follow from postmodernism and holds that, quote, a claim is true relative to beliefs, valuation, and individual or groups that accept it. So they act as God themselves and saying their beliefs, views, valuations, of the worldview 
is better or superior to God and the word of God. I just tell you, when you get away from the word of God, you get away from the God of the Bible, you're going to open up Pandora's box to a world of evils. Now, the idea that God can become a, that or man can become a God didn't start with postmodernism or Mormonism, but the devil through the serpent, the devil through the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He told Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you will become as God, knowing good and evil. Now, when you really dissect what the enemy was doing to the serpent, he gave her part truth and part lie. Truth, part truth was you will know good and evil. The lie is you will become as a God. Now, this is something that the enemy has been doing from the Garden of Eden to the current time by which we are living today. People into politics, they many of them think they're God. People into postmodernism, Mormonism, and various cults and false religions believe that they can become a God. This thing of godhood started in the garden of eden by the enemy and you know jesus said he's a liar in john 8 and 44 and he said he's a murderer you know he sets you up with a lie and then he knows that your fate is that you're gonna you're gonna end up killing you you know so let me say this now uh, number two number two question what does the word woke mean what does the word woke mean the word wokeness currently in our culture refers to an overarching awareness of perceived social injustices and is often interchangeable with the word political correctness. Now, uh, that's it in a nutshell. Now, they always get into wokeness, always get into uh, an awareness, a new awareness a new cultural awareness, a new cultural phenomena, a new uh, perceived idea or, you know, something that uh, has been historical, but people have forgotten it. And so uh, they, this wokeness is redefined even with the word, they redefine even the word social justice, which is different from biblical injustices because God is not at the center of the injustices with the wokeness, but man and his cultural interpretation. Wokeness is into political correctness, but we as true born again disciples of Christ are into biblical correctness based upon the Bible and the interpretations of God, who is the author, not man, but God. Now, this most often is manifest, this wokeness is manifest in large companies, even large businesses, and in the political world, and being woke in even some liberal and apostate churches. Now, uh, the new LGBTQ, affirming not only the woke movement, but even Legos, you know, the Lego toys, 
putting the rainbow colors with that uh, and uh, changing up the original meaning of the Legos and that's uh, rainbow symbol that the gay community uses is infiltrating itself in all places today and even in, sad to say, in some churches. There are many companies, sports teams, and even some churches getting woke to the changes. Their logos of the rainbow colors during the Pride Month is another. Now, this is pure blasphemy to make the rainbow that God promised to Noah that he would not destroy the world again in a flood to blaspheme that biblical colors of God's rainbow in the sky for the gay movement. And uh, this is very important for us to understand. Now, I'm going to say this in bringing this home. Um, the, uh, the teacher's union the teacher union uh, is now deep into the wokeness and they have replaced, they're working at replacing the word mother with birthing person, with birthing person. This is abuse and even parents should uh, pull their kids out of these schools that's teaching this demonic nonsense. Now, the woke movement uh, under this uh, present administration, uh, the Biden administration is following this woke mentality and forcing, listen to this, forcing soldiers to shower using male barracks with uh, females uh, in the showers. And uh, even those who have not had the surgery they're selling, telling them they have to use the same bathrooms and shower together. All this stuff is blasphemy. And it's uh, what uh, Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 2, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that uh, because they have rejected the truth, God has sent them strong delusions that they would believe a lie than the truth. And that's from the top all the way down you know, from the church house, a lot of this is going on, the White House, the ranch house, and those who have no house. All of this blasphemy stuff going on in the name of wokeness. And when you have uh, the new, uh, we call this this new uh, person who has uh, is a black female, new appointed person to the Supreme Court Justice, uh, Miss Brown uh, don't know how to define a woman. Uh, this is working right into this wokeness mentality. Uh, and we need to fight against that. Now, I'm going to say this in closing. Um, if we get into idolatry, this is this wokeness and all of this stuff I'm talking about, postmodernism. And relativism is all idolatry. It's worshiping something other than God. And you know what God always did? When idolatry always leads to immorality, and immorality and idolatry always lead to the judgment of God. Look at the history of Israel. 
They got into idolatry, immorality, and God brought his judgment. And Billy Graham was right when he said this a long time ago. If God doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Judgment is happening. And, uh, you know, this uh, uh, monkey virus that's hitting now the gay community, you know, just like AIDS did a while back, and it's due to men being with men, God is trying to say something. We better start listening to what's going on. And the Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, say this in closing, uh, gives a real warning to the church uh, in Ephesians 4 and 14. Ephesians 4 and 14. He talks about avoid being tossed to and fro by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine. Uh, you know, calling us and challenging us in Ephesians 4 and 15, they speak of the truth of love. Now, uh, God wants you who are listening to this message right now. If you're into all this stuff, my prayer for you right now is, Lord, we're going to give you a prayer in closing. Lord, somebody that's listening to this message, that have gotten away from your truth, gotten away from your word, gotten away from this, we ask that they will acknowledge the three R's. The first R, that they will recognize that they are a sinner. The second R is that they will print, repent of their sins. Turn away from that sin and turn to Christ. And the third R is receive you as a personal Lord and Savior. Because you said in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, you faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, so don't be shy. Grab that phone and give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name's Gary Bell, and our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Give us a call if you have questions or comments about the message tonight. If you have questions regarding God's word, things that are going on in your church, you're looking for answers, you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. So we want to encourage you tonight, use that phone and uh, give us a call. We always like to thank all of our listening audience, particularly those who have been listening and uh, being with us from the beginning. We can't Thank you enough for the many, many prayers that you've sent up for this ministry. And we thank you for always remembering us in prayer. And uh, it's such a blessing. Dr. Buckner and I talk about it all the time. And 
we recognize that this is a prayer-driven ministry. So we want to encourage you, continue to pray for contending for the faith. And also, many of you who have partnered with us over the years financially to keep this program on the air, it's listener-supported. So we always need your support to keep things going, to pay for radio costs. Dr. Buckner and I don't receive salary. Everything goes right back into the cost of uh, radio time. And so it's it's no small task to keep this thing going. But through your partnership, through your prayers, and through the grace of God, all of us working toward the same end, we are still here after almost 20 years. And so we thank you for that. And uh, we just want to encourage you, be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving, particularly during the summertime. People take vacations and they leave. And oftentimes they take vacations from their giving. And uh, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to come back from your vacation and find out that we're on a permanent vacation and the show is no longer on the air. So we want to encourage you tonight to continue to pray and continue to give. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. So we want to encourage you, continue to pray and continue to give. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready for the phone calls? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds like a winner. All right. We have Brother Jermaine on line one. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Well, hello. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Good. Uh, I trust that you got encouraged and blessed by the word tonight. Yeah, very much so. And um, I definitely want to bring up that monkeypox topic next week. But uh, yeah, very sobering message. Amen, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate always you tuning in to us. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, just um, I know we talked about it in the past, but I always like to keep revisiting every now and then. I want to talk about where the dead actually go because there, there's a lot of confusion. And, you know, I just went to a funeral last month and, and every funeral I go to, it seems like people have placed the uh, deceased into heaven without consulting the word or, or, uh, you know, just realizing the other horror that maybe they're not in heaven. But I just want to get your clarity on what the Bible actually says, because you hear people with ghost stories and uh, just saying the phrase they're they're in a better place, and it just becomes hyper religious, and it, it just it's kind of annoying at times. But there's a time and place to bring things up. But how come so many people seem to think you're just going to heaven? Does the Bible actually say you just die and, and go to heaven? I thought it was absent from the body, present with the Lord. But what does that actually mean? Yes, that's a good question. Um, the Apostle Paul talks about this in Second uh, Corinthians 5 and verse uh, 6, and he talks about, uh, therefore we are always confident, knowing that we are at home in the body when we are absent from the Lord, you know. So 
you know, and then, uh, so the Apostle Paul is teaching that to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. And then in Philippians chapter 1 uh, and verse 23, Paul said he desires to depart and be with Christ, which is for better. So what happens when the body uh, dies at death, the soul goes into the very presence of God in heaven. Um, There was a time uh, in the Old Testament where there were two compartments uh, of uh, after one would die. And you see that in Luke chapter 16, uh, where the rich man uh, died and, uh, you know, he went to one compartment. um, And then the other, uh, Lazarus, he went to Abraham's bosom, uh, which is another compartment. They could see each other from a distance, but one... uh, compartment of Hades where the un, where the unbeliever and the rich man went, there was torment. Um, and that's still in operation right now. So when unbelievers die, they go to still Hades because uh, the lake of fire has not been opened up for business yet. Because when you look at the latter part of Revelation, it talks about and death and hell the word hell there in Greek is Hades. Death and hell, or Hades, was cast into the lake of fire. Well, Hades has not been cast into the lake of fire yet. So the lake of fire has not been opened up for business yet until Christ comes back. So the um, unbeliever, when, when he or she dies and they have not accepted Christ, they go still to Hades. It's kind of like look at it like a person who goes to jail and they're suffering there, but they go before the judge and then the judge sentenced them to Soledad, San Quentin, Folsom, you know. So the Lord one day is going to sentence unbelievers at the great white throne judgment in Revelation to the lake of fire. Now, so when Jesus uh, died, And, uh, you know, he went down, he went down to Hades and he uh, preached to all of the uh, believing saints in the other compartment of Hades. And what he did was he, uh, they believed on him. Uh, He confirmed the validity and historicity and authenticity of the gospel. And what he did was he took them, he took them that was in paradise up they took he took paradise up to heaven uh so uh believers now when they die their soul goes up uh and their spirit goes up to the very presence of god that's what paul meant with the absent from the body is to be present with the lord and their souls are there praising god and uh, glorifying him with other believers and when christ comes back he will raise the body that's in the grave, and he will, you, you know, take the body and the DNA that has been uh, there. He preserves the DNA, no matter if we a person has been burned up or uh, die in a terrible accident or fire or at sea. He will take the DNA and uh, resurrect the body and connect it to the soul. 
and then we will have a new body uh, and we will uh, come to the earth with Christ and he will create a new heaven and a new earth and we will be in new immortal bodies. We'll be like him. That's what it says in 1 John 3 and 2. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we will be like him for we will see him as he is. So that's a, a basic Reader's Digest condensation on it. And there, there, there are a lot of confusion on this. And hopefully I've taken the fusion out of confusion and given you a better insight of this. And you can pass it on to some other people. And people can always listen to the podcast and hear it again. So hopefully that helped you out. Yeah, that was good, Dr. Bugner. I'll, uh, I'll touch up on another part of that another time. But thank you. You got it. You need any prayer, my brother? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, concerning my family and I, uh, our moving decision, and then I uh, just, you know, just want to continue to be a good witness to to uh, myself or my family and other people around me. Because just like you said, there's a lot of confusion out there amongst Christians, and and I'm not picking on anybody, but a lot of this pride and trans movement is as kids, adults, just church folks confused. Yes. All right. Well. Let's lift this brother up and his family in prayer, Brother Gary. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you for Brother Jermaine. We pray, Lord God, that you give him wisdom, supernatural wisdom, Lord God, and, and relate as it relates to his family and his move, Lord God. You're the one that has the best plan for his life and for his family. And we pray, Lord God, you make that uh, clearly known to him. So he selects the best path, the right path that you've laid out for him. We pray that you continue to give him your peace, your perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard his heart and his mind through Christ Jesus, but God, and help him to draw near to you that you would draw near to him. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jermaine, thank you so much for your call and your always your good questions. And we look forward to Talking to you next week with another good question, my brother. All right. God bless. All right. God bless. <clears throat> All right. I think we have a little bit of time to get Brother Rick on the line. Hello, Brother Rick. Are you there? Good evening. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I need prayer about my health again. Well, my body is showing to... weakness and I need strength. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to. Why don't we pray for you right now, and then we'll come back with your question, question. Uh, because it seems like you, the prayer is more important for you right now, and what's, well, you need strength, and you're getting weak. Okay, we're going to have Brother Gary to pray for you, and we'll ask everybody, we ask everybody out there in Radio Land to join us in prayer for Brother Rick. Yes, Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick right now. You are the great physician. You have never lost a case. You wrote the DNA code for his body. You know him intimately. You know every cell in his body, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you restore him, strengthen him, and encourage him, Lord God. Just like the woman who had an issue of blood, she knew that if she could just reach out and touch the hem of your garment, that the healing virtue would flow. And so we pray, Lord God, that these prayers, not only my prayers, but the listening audience, as we all pray and agree, that they would touch the hem of your garment in heaven, Lord God, that you would touch you, Lord God and that you would have compassion on our brother Rick tonight and that allow that healing to take place in his body. Strengthen him and encourage him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. 
All right, Brother Rick. Um, well, we need to take a commercial break and then we'll come back and entertain your question. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, all right. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lexford Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we'd just like to thank everyone who's been praying for Contending for the Faith. Your prayers are effective, and we know that without those prayers, we wouldn't be on the air. We also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially to to maintain this this ministry, to keep it going, to cover the costs and expenses of airtime. And this is so vitally important. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we certainly couldn't do it without your support. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way to donate is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And you will help and partner with us in this ministry to see the souls saved, um, people set free, to be giving reasons and answers for faith. So many things are happening as a result. So many lives are being touched by your giving. So we want to encourage you to keep praying and keep giving. Well, Dr. Buckner, we were about to get to Brother Rick's question. Yes, let's do that. Brother Rick, are you still there? Uh, yes, I am. Now I hear you. Okay, so what was no your question? question? We know that uh, John, the Apostle John refused the uh, views on physicality with the uh, Gnostics and the uh, Christian Science Church today. That's a good question. Brother, we have, Brother Rick, we have some background noise uh, coming through, so maybe you can try to... Uh, to do something about that uh, but um yeah so anyway um that's a very very good question that uh we need to uh look at because uh, in the uh gospel of john the gospel of john john uh is faced with the gnostics that believe that well, let me just kind of define what the word Gnostic means. Gnostic comes from the Greek word gnosis or knowledge. There were a cult in the day that said that uh, Jesus uh, didn't appear in physical form uh, because they looked at matter and all physical form as evil. And uh, so John was up against that. Uh, that's why he uh, says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then he also uh, talks about flesh in John 1 and 14, uh, because he said the Word was made flesh. The Greek word for flesh is soma, S-O-M-A, 
and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So uh, John uh, was writing against the Gnostics, but warning the church as well. And, you know, that's why I always say people have to understand the background of a book. And the background of a book is like the skeleton to the body. If you take the skeleton out of the body, the body becomes a quivering heap of jelly-like substance, good for nothing. You need to understand the background of why the writers are writing. And they're writing against the Gnostics. And uh, the early church pretty much, um, you know, excommunicated that stuff out of the church. Because even John, uh, in his epistles, 1 John, 2 John, 3rd, says anyone that denies that Jesus come in the flesh is not of God. They're the Antichrist. So uh, John hits on that thing again about the flesh. So the church excommunicated Gnosticism out of the early church. And then in 1875, uh, one lady with one sweep of the pen, Mary Becker Eddy, uh, brought Gnosticism back into existence. She's the founder of what is known as the Christian science religion. Now, the question is that Rick is addressing is, did Jesus ever address the reality of the flesh? Well, there's two uh, main scriptures that stand out, and I would encourage people to write it down in case you're ever faced with uh, Gnostics or Gnosticism. Uh, one is when uh, Jesus was dialoguing with uh, Peter, and he asked them the Christological question in, in Matthew 16, who do men say that I am? And uh, Peter, being the spokesman, said, some say that you're Elias, and some say that you're Jeremiah, some say you're the prophets. Um, but he got personal with him. He said, but whom do you say that I am? See, that's the Christological question that we need to ask every cult leader and false religion. Who do you say that I am? And then Peter knocked a home run and saying, thou art the Christ, the son of of the living God. And what did Jesus say? He said, Simon Barjona, and I'm saying all this by memory, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So Jesus confirms the validity and historicity and authenticity of flesh and uh, blood by saying it himself. Now, another classic case of this would be uh, in Luke 24. After the resurrection, you remember, the doors were shut and Jesus appeared. He didn't go through the door like Casper, the friendly ghost, like Jehovah's Witnesses try to say. Well, he just went through the doors. No, that's not what the scripture says. Jesus had an ultra-dimensional body composed of flesh and bones, and he simply appeared. And they were frightened, and they supposed that they had seen a ghosts or a spirit. And Jesus said, gave them peace, peace be unto you, because they really needed it, because the doors are shut, and somebody just simply appears. I mean, that shows you the capability of what a spiritual body can do. I mean, Superman don't have nothing on our, our spiritual body that we will have, you know, 
And so Jesus says to them, why are you frightened? Handle me and see. For a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. So what we learned about a spiritual body is that it, it is composed of flesh and bones. No blood, because 1 Corinthians 15 says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Well, Joel wouldn't say, well, well, see, that debunks the argument. No. When you look at the context of 1 Corinthians 15, it's simply saying the mortal. Jesus said, Paul is saying the mortal body. You know, he's talking about the mortal body when he talks about flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You know, so he's not talking about the spiritual body, but the mortal body. We will have an immortal body in the resurrection. So anyway, those are the two definitive scriptures on Jesus saying it himself, that he was, he had a body composed of flesh and bones. And anybody that tries to deny that, you're a cult. And that's what you are, and you better repent of it because the Bible warns you about it. Because Paul says in First Corinthians 15, I'll say this in closing: uh, anyone that denies that Jesus is, the, is is risen, you know, his faith is in vain. Yet he's yet in his sin. Well, how was he raised? <laughs> when we say the resurrection, how was he raised? Well, uh, John tells us in John two, you know that Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And then he says in verse 21, I believe, but he spake of the temple of his body, Soma. There again, that's another one. That's the third one. That's the third point. Jesus confirmed that he had a body composed of flesh and bones. And it could, a dimensional can move from one dimension to another, and that's why when he got ready to go up to be with the back to the father. He just stepped from one dimension to another and didn't violate the laws of gravity. That that's what a spiritual body can do. So hopefully, Rick, that that helps out. Very, very understandable. Amen. Well, God bless you, brother. We're gonna try to get to some of these other calls. Thank you for your call, and we'll continue to keep you in our prayers. All right. Well, let's see if we can get to. Uh... Sally, who's waiting on line three. Hello, Sally. How are you doing? Hi. Pretty good, considering all I've been through in the last couple months. It's amazing. What well, we've been we've been praying for us. We've been praying for you, and we're just glad that uh, God has brought you through the storm, and we knew that He would. Well, you know, if He didn't, I know where I would have gone, and I was ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> At ninety-two. I'm ready to go anytime the Lord wants to call me or come for me or whatever. But uh, actually, one of the things that I was calling about happened in the hospital, and I had some very interesting conversations. Um, And a a lady, one of the helpers in the hospital, uh, was was very friendly, and and so we got into a little conversation. Turns out she is. Arabic, and she is also brought up as an Islamic, and she said that Jesus is her brother, 
And a number of months ago, I met a lady from Bulgaria who was going by my house taking pictures of our blooming uh, star jasmine, which is a whole other story. And we got to talking, and uh, she uh, she's Jewish, very Jewish, very smart lady, very an engineer from um, in Bulgaria, and uh, 85 years old. And we had a great conversation, and... Um, she said that Jesus is her brother. Okay, but let so, me let me you know, let me uh, yeah let me uh, talk on that uh, because we want to try to squeeze in that last caller. Let me say some things on that. Uh, the uh, Muslims refer to Jesus as brother, and even the Mormon uh, Church calls Jesus elder brother, and then sometimes the Jewish. Uh, uh, people refer to Jesus as a, a brother too. Some of them, uh, you'll hear them use that occasionally. And basically, when you're talking about it uh, w with a Jewish person, he's basically in reference to the Messiah, as he's the Messiah brother. Uh, some that would say that. But when you come to the uh, Islam, Jesus is one of five uh, greatest uh, or seven, they said, sometimes they said five to seven, uh, messengers of, of Allah, uh, the prophet. And so, uh, but when they refer to him as brother, always remember this, they're not referring to him as creator, the savior. Brother is an expression of relationship uh, to get away from Jesus being God. So when they use that word brother, you have to come back at them and say, but what about him being creator and God? And you demonstrate from the word of God is that. When I generally talk to a, a, a Muslim, I say, do you believe that Jesus is, was a, a great prophet? They say, yeah, he's a great prophet and a great brother, a great prophet. I said, well, can a prophet lie? They'll say, no, a prophet can't lie. And then you take them right to John 14 and 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So if Jesus said that, he's being exclusive and saying, I'm the only way. you know. And then one other note with that is, you remember on one occasion, the, the Jesus family was trying to control him, and Jesus confronted them and say, who is my brother? You know, because they were trying, oh, you're my, his brothers, oh, you're my brother, you need to do what I tell you. just said, my brother and sisters is those who would do the will of my father. So when they come at you with that, bring that thing of Jesus confronting them about brother doing his will. So hopefully that helps out. Um, we can visit this again. I'm going to, we're going to try to squeeze in the last caller. We only got a couple of minutes, but hopefully I've given you a little extra insight. If you want to call back and we can visit that again, Sally, but it's a good question. Appreciate it. And by the way, Jermaine is very Jermaine. <laughs> that's a good way. That's a good way to, that's a good way to say that. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. God bless you. Brother Gary, you want to squeeze in our last caller? We uh, don't have any more callers. She, she's no longer on the air. Uh, she wanted to take the call, her question off the air. And Michelle was curious about uh, David McNutt 
connected to Agnes Sanford and what his cult believes in? Yeah, well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, Agnes Sanford, uh, she believes, she was a believer and through inner healing, memories can be healed. And sometimes uh, the healing would kind of bring in the Bible, but sometimes it would bring in that new age stuff, which is occultic. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, Dave, David McNutt is the uh, is a lecturer of uh, uh, studies teaching at, at Wheaton College. He's a, a associate with the Presbyterian. Uh, the Presbyterian Church uh, is most of them are not cultic. Some of them within uh, can have some different views than the Bible, just like any other denomination. But uh, you have to put them to the test. Uh, but uh, anybody connected with uh, Agnes and and he's promoting that, it can fall into biblical healing and then including new age, which bring it to a cultic. So hopefully that's been helpful. Uh, what, yeah. what a list of great callers, Gary. We thank yeah, you for well, that. hear the music in the background and uh, just want to quickly pray for Alfred's mother and family for, for traveling. Uh, Grace, Lord God, that you just keep them safe, Lord God, along the way. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being per- part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 